0: Welcome to Smugtown Cinemas. How can I help you?
1: Why are we at this hoity-toity theater? Because it's my turn to pick, and we're going to see what I want. And besides, I want three free passes for movies by chugging 12 two-liters of a big red in a single day, so I get to pick what we watch. Three adults, please. Here's my pass. Excellent, sir. Fantastic choice. Admirable film, indeed. Why are we watching this? Aloof art? It's aloof art, as in someone who's aloof doing art
2: that's what i said aloof art
1: no use never mind it's about the famous french abstract impressionist Cousteau Depardieu who was extremely influential amongst the indifference movement in France in the 1960s artists just really didn't care what they put on the canvas and ironically they turned out some fascinating pieces of work this movie's getting fantastic Oscar buzz and it won the prize at Cannes for most pretentious film
3: First, that was some very boring and long exposition. Second, I hate French films. I hate reading subtitles.
1: Eh, no worries then, my good friend. There are no subtitles in this movie. But it isn't French, right? (laughs) Duh, it's a French movie. Then how are we supposed to know what they're saying? This is why you need to see more foreign films. You don't need words to capture the subtle nuances of art. Side, they, they filmed this movie in pretentious vision, which makes the viewer believe the movie has 30% more meaning than it actually does.
3: I don't want to see this movie. I, I want to go see Red Tails.
1: Look, if we're ever going to be taken seriously as movie critics, we need to start talking about better movies, not whatever random crap of the week you idiots pick. But
3: why are we at this theater? It's so smug.
1: Hence the name Smugtown. And I'm starving. Their concession stand doesn't even have snacks.
2: All they serve are organic carrots and raw coffee beans. It's all part of the atmosphere. This sucks. Never fear. I brought some snacks. (laughs) Awesome. Just as long as you didn't crotch them
3: again. (laughs) Did you not notice I'm wearing a size six extra large jacket?
1: Guys, just don't be distracting there's another reason why i picked this place i hear that they have excellent crowd control no rude people's cell phones no people talking during the movie and they actually patrol the theater so paying customers can watch a movie in peace why do you even go to the theater now seating aloof art where's my ticket oh you don't carry tickets into this theater you just share a smug nod and wink with the ticket takers you walk in as if to silently say yes we are all interested in the finer more refined parts of life follow my lead See how easy that was?
2: Well, that was certainly a smug nod, you
1: flashed him. Where's Chad?
3: Yes, good man. I'm going to see a Lou Fart. <laughs> Have you seen the film as well? See to it that a team of eunuchs brings my freshly steamed linens for my seat for my colleagues and myself,
0: okay? <laughs> Very well, sir. Enjoy the film. I know I did.
1: Here we are. Ooh, nice seats. N- not a big crowd. Just a few people down front.
2: And these seats, Wow! pretty nice. Okay, Benji, this isn't too bad. I told you.
1: Different clientele, different atmosphere. It's great.
3: When did the trailers start? I'm bored.
1: There are no trailers here. No advertisements for crappy mid-season replacements on TV starring 40-something actresses. No stupid Kia Soul commercials with dancing rats. They're hamsters. Whatever. It's just the movie, as it should be. Oh, hey, here comes
2: someone else. Wow. That woman is very pregnant. Like, Ten months pregnant. Who brings a kid to a pretentious foreign movie that's rated R? Oh no! How
1: many kids does this woman have?
0: All right, Bubba Joe, Joan. get your fingers out of your sister's pants. You sit by me. Rest of you, sit in these five rows. Are hey, you guys? Uh, us? Yeah, you. You guys drink a load of big red tea. Oh,
1: this is unbelievable. Yeah, they must have drank like. Forty cases to get that many
3: kids in for free. Oh, sorry, that's me. Hold on. I
2: forgot to turn it on silent.
1: Well, thanks for turning it off. Yeah, it's the new Android
2: Supernova. I've heard about those. The screen is so bright it causes blindness in 70% of the factory workers where they're produced. Yeah, you you can see it from outer space.
1: Here, Benji, look. No, no, my, my eyes are used to the dark. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry idiot. I can't see anything. Sorry.
3: Turn that thing off. I can't seem to figure it out. What the... What
1: the hell? Come on. No, oh, just give it to me. My phone! I'll buy you a new one.
0: Alright, kids, who wants bubble gum? Yay!
1: Oh, no, that's it. I'm going to complain. There he goes. Sir? Sir, are you the manager?
0: Yes, yes, I am. I want to register a complaint about... Sorry, sir. Didn't you read the sign on the door when you came in? We here at Smugtown Cinemas have a specific no-complaining policy. Complaints upset the vibe of camaraderie and a shared understanding that we all experience when we enter this cinema. But, But the woman in there... S- sir, the policy...
1: Now, enjoy your movie. Believe this, this is ridiculous. People are just, hey, Benji, want some chips? Seriously? I can't open I'm starving, freaking
3: stupid bag. This
1: is ridiculous.
2: Oh, check out who's coming in now. Look at this couple. They're older than dirt. Oh, man. Blue hairs. Bertha, where are you? I can't see a damn thing in here. What? I can't see a damn thing in here. It's too dark. What? What? Let's just sit down here in the aisle.
3: Okay. We'll sit down here in style.
1: Oh, seriously. Oh, they're so cute. Look at those matching colostomy bags. Hi, sir. How are you? Don't talk to them. Once you start talking to old people, they never stop.
2: Hello there, young man. I can't wait to see this movie. It's about my old roommate at the University of Rochester back in the 30s. Al Uffart. He was a war hero, you know. Greatest man I ever knew. But he had his flaws. He was a pervert. Rat bastard slept with my father. And our dog. And he burned our house to the ground. Worst
0: man I ever
3: knew.
2: Sounds like a charming
3: fellow.
1: Potato chips? What?
2: Oh, dear God. OK, the movie's starting.
1: Mercifully.
0: Qu'est-ce que vous pensez de la France J'adore la France, c'est génial. Merci beaucoup, Pamela Andersen.
3: I needed to get all my drink. Don't worry. I have another bottle here in my coat. This
2: movie is so boring. I have no idea what's going on. All I can tell
3: is that someone named Cousteau has gentle awards Or something.
2: Where the
0: hell is our Al oof All right, kids. Party break. It's time to go take a dunk. Yay! All right. You going out, then. I'll be waiting
1: in here. Make sure y'all watch this time. Oh, this is just ridiculous. Hey, no complaining. Well, at least the kids are gone for a while. Is that my phone? I thought I destroyed that thing.
3: Man, the sales guy said this thing was durable, but come on.
1: Oh. There. There, that's better. Twenty minutes later. You know, this isn't half bad. Who knows? I, I missed too much of it. The old people fell asleep and they snore like oxen and the kids had a farting contest and Chance crunched his way through six bags of kettle-fried potato chips. So what? Leave me alone.
0: Oh, wait! I think
1: my water just broke. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, Let's go fetch some bottled water from the concession stand. They don't sell bottled
3: water. The plastic bottles are too eco and friendly. What are we going to do? All
2: I have is a bottle
3: of Sprite and a cigarette lighter.
2: It'll have to do. Hurry. This sucks. Where the hell is Al Ufot? And why is everyone talking in Chinese? What?
0: Don't worry, guys. I've had thirty-five
2: kids. One good sit-up, and I'll squeeze this little parasite out. Uh, There you go. Oh, how beautiful! It's a boy. Here, Benji. Want to hold him? This movie is ruined. Where the bloody blue hell is Al Oofart? He owes me money. It's a great
0: name. Al Oofart Smith. Come here, little Al. Time to eat. Oh, he's left.
1: Oh, gross. Awesome. awesome. Oh, somebody kill me. <laughs> ah!
2: Welcome to the Smoking Chihuahua Sketch Comedy Podcast. The tallest podcast on the internet. This episode of Tales of the Smoking Chihuahua is brought to you by Alcatraz Brand Condoms. Alcatraz brand condoms. Added protection for when you're in the hole.
1: Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. You'll be watching the largest aerial battle in this history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps this state that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression or persecution, but from annihilation, we're fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as American Holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live, we're going to survive, today we celebrate our Independence Day. Is that it? Well, what do you mean?
2: Well, I'm just saying that, that wasn't a good speech. Not really. It's not even as good as the uh, win one for the gipper speech.
1: You, you know, we're, we are basing certain annihilation. You're here critiquing my speech?
2: Well, I'm also critiquing your plan.
1: What's wrong with the plan? What's right about it? Look around you. Look how many planes we have. It's, it's the pinnacle of humanity's prowess in aeronautical engineering. The planes aren't the problem. The
2: technology isn't the problem. Look who's flying them. Even the worst jet pilots in the Air Force spend years in training before they can even fly a single combat mission. You've dumped 40 random strangers in F-15 Eagles. Six of the people you pick to fly have severe vision issues or random diseases. You see that gentleman over there? The, the shaking guy? That guy has Parkinson's. He'll never get off the ground.
1: But, but humanity's spirit will show the way to... Um, excuse me,
3: excuse me. Um, I just uploaded this whole speech to Facebook... There's already 1,000 dislikes and a whole lot of epic fail comments. But that's not fair. Now, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, i got to change my status to getting ready to die. Nice enthusiasm.
2: No, he has a point. This whole thing is doomed to fail. You have two guys with iPads attacking the mothership, which has a mass of one-third of the moon? Seriously, is there an app on the iTunes store for infiltrating alien hardware? <laughs> it will work. No, it won't. Unless you have an iPad 4 or something. <clears throat> you do, don't you?
1: No, I don't. Well, we don't. I mean, no iPad 4s here. You
2: you have something even
1: better. I bet he's got,
2: like, iPad 5 or 6. You just came from that top-secret base, didn't you? You have an iPad 51? Shh. iPad 51? Sh- Keep it a secret. iPad 51? Oh, too late. I just uploaded it to Facebook. Idiots. <laughs> cool. Hey, when do they go on sale? I- I'll stand in line for one. It's not going to matter when they go on sale if this mission fails. Well, it's a moot point anyway. Even if this iPad 51 is everything you say, or, or don't say in this case, the plan is ludicrous. Why? Here to explain the gaping flaws in this plan is Professor Pubert Periwinkle from MIT.
1: We don't have time for this. The alien ship is headed this way.
2: So, Mr. President...
3: Your proposal to shoot down an extraterrestrial vessel nearly 15 miles in diameter with only 50 jets is staggeringly optimistic at the best and laughably insane at the worst. Even if you shot it with every missile in the American arsenal, we would barely scratch the surface.
1: (laughs) But they won't be expecting it. It's not a question
3: of expecting it, it's a question of size ratios. The surface area of a spaceship 15 miles in diameter is 962 square miles. You can't possibly hope to do that much damage. But the iPad will... And even if you do manage to bring one down, you are damning the entire planet to a certain cataclysmic doom. Each of these ships weighs, by my closest estimation, approximately 280 trillion pounds. If you send it plummeting to the Earth at a terminal velocity from an altitude of 10,000 feet, then the impact alone will annihilate every living thing on the western seaboard. Wow, Mr. President. Great plan. An object with a mass of 280 trillion pounds striking the Earth's surface would do so with the impact force of 1.421 times 10 to the 21st power joules, which is approximately 280,000 times as powerful as the bomb dropped on Hiroshima.
2: And Mr. President... That's not good.
3: Huh. Worse yet, there are 15 of these alien vessels floating around the planet. So you are essentially going to have 4.2 million Hiroshima's on our surface if this plan works. Wait, are, are you sure? I'm positively sure. And, and, and besides, you know, I, I'm questioning some things here. How is it that this alien attack is occurring during an election year? Seems kind of coincidental, don't you think? Elections,
1: the politics have nothing to do with this. This is oh. the humanity's fate. See,
3: here's the problem, right? The mother ship, you plan on blowing it up by detonating a nuclear device in the center of it, correct? Yes, yes, come on, man, hurry up. You realize that that vessel is over 550 kilometers in diameter, right? And it's currently stationed in high Earth orbit, just waiting out there to be destroyed.
1: Uh, yes.
3: Did you see the movie Armageddon? Of
1: course I did, I loved it.
3: Oh, that's going on Facebook too. <laughs> Once we blow that ship up, That vessel's remains will fall into the Earth's atmosphere. Most of it will burn up, but imagine Armageddon times about 400. Do you know how big that is? Um, no. Nobody does, Mr. President. Nobody does. This whole scenario
2: is ludicrous. Mr. President, it's time to go. The aliens are coming. We need to get into our jets. You
1: heard the man. Get your planes.
2: Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we should just negotiate? I mean, it sounds like we're kind of screwed either way. Oh, the spirit of humanity will triumph guys i'm out let's go hide in the bunker or something maybe we
3: can fight them off hand to hand oh i i am
2: pretty handy with the bow staff
3: and i have played a fair amount of mortal combat in my day <laughs> see you later mr president good uh,
1: luck I, adios i'll take them on myself now how do i start the plane engine again
3: So you liked the movie? Yes. But given what we know about Mel Gibson's anti-Semitic tendencies and his misogynistic
1: leanings, did you find that any of his personal beliefs made it into their film? Well, it was a lot of shooting and killing, so it's hard to shoehorn anything into those scenes. But there was one part I thought was a little odd. You know how all those war films they have, the quiet time at night in the foxhole where a couple of soldiers bare their souls to each other? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They share a couple of laughs, talk about life at home, the girls, what they're going back to. Exactly. Well, of course, Gibson included one of those scenes in here, but it it struck me as a bit odd. So much so that I snuck back into the next screening just so I could record that part of it for you guys to listen to. Here, wait, let me play it for you now. So, you got a girl back home? Nah, I can't narrow it down to just one.
2: They started finding out about each other. It's the reason why I'm over here, sharing this foxhole with you. Them Japs ain't got nothing on those angry broads. How about you? You got a dame back where you come from? You bet I do. I have the most beautiful
3: example of the Aryan race. Perfect white skin, beautiful blue eyes, hair as blondish, freshly shucked corn. Not a speck of Jew blood in her, not one. <laughs> here, take a look at this picture.
2: Wow. You know you're punching outside of your weight class, don't you? Of course I do, but don't you go telling her now. (laughs) So, what do you think about this war? We're fighting these here Japs while so many more of us brothers are overseas fighting Hitler's boys. Why aren't you over there? You know, I done thought about it. In fact, I almost went over. But
3: when it comes down to it, I feel like the media is just propagandizing false truths about Mr. Hitler. I feel like he's just misunderstood
2: misunderstood, but they say he's killing Jews by the millions, that he's shoving them into ovens and cooking them. Well, the way I heard it is that he's actually
3: hired all the Jewish population of Germany to work in his bakeries. He's not shoving them into ovens. He's paying them a living working wage to man his ovens so that they can meet the ever-increasing demand for delicious German pastries. You think that's true? Well, I know it's true. Any man who takes such care with his
2: facial grooming can't be bad. Kinda wish it were true, though. Really? You want him to be exterminating the Jewish race? Not exactly,
3: but it'd serve them right since they did murder my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ,
2: in cold blood. You know, I don't believe in your God, Mr. Doss, but I respect the passion of your faith. Now, get some sleep, sugar tits. Uh, wow. Just, wow. I can't believe he got away with that.
1: You know, he does have a point, though.
2: In the last exciting episode of Murder for Dinner, old Mrs. Matthews had been brutally murdered with a cheese grater. After a tense evening in the Mayford Manor, the brave and handsome Inspector Herring has gathered all the suspects in the library to reveal who the real murderer is. We now join the latest intriguing episode of Murder for Dinner.
3: So each one of you had motive, each one of you had opportunity, and most importantly, each one of you had access to the antique cheese grater. But only one of you has the blood on your hands, and that person is. You, Madame Heller! <gasps>
2: "'Me? Why, that's ridiculous. Beatrice and I were best friends. "'We even played Pinochle every Saturday night.'
3: "'Precisely. You have known Mrs. Matthews for forty-five years. "'How heartbreaking it must have been for you to find out "'that your confidant had been cheating at cards for so many years. "'You found her spare deck hidden under her muffler "'and went off in a furious rage. "'Unable to contain yourself, you reached for the nearest weapon you could find, "'which was conveniently placed next to the cheese tray.' Leaping from your chair, you pinned her down and it away at the face of the friend who had hurt you so badly.
2: But that makes no sense. I'm lactose intolerant, so we never have a cheese tray. Beatrice never wore a muffler. I have severe arthritis in my hands. I've been confined to this wheelchair for the last two decades, and I lost my left arm to my bookie over those fixed cockfights when I was twenty-four.
3: Oh, very well planned out, Heller. You've been setting up this alibi for decades. But I saw through your facade, and now... Wait, who turned off the lights? Ah, there, there are the lights. So, as I was saying, your ruse has been
1: revealed, Heller. Sir, Madame Heller is dead. Look, she's been grated to death as well.
3: <laughs> yes, of, of course, of course. That was my plan all along. She was bait to lure
1: out the real killer, and now I have found him. Really? B- because the lights were out, I couldn't see anything. How could you? <clears throat>
3: Of course you would say you couldn't see anything good, Doctor. But your training working with the cave people of the Amazon would allow you to do a lot of things without necessarily having to see. After all, if you can perform a kidney transplant in pitch-black conditions, you could easily have done away with our unfortunate Madame Heller with ease, with none of us the wiser. But you hadn't counted on my wiles, had you, Doctor?
1: Uh, I'm a dermatologist, and I've never even been to the Amazon.
3: Stop with the lies! You'd be better off confessing now. The courts might go easier. Ah, oh, shoot. There go the lights again. We have to get some new fuses.
1: Uh, oh, Noah, stop! It hurts! Oh, my dear sweet lord, please! The agony! The pain! Somebody, please help!
3: <coughs> o- oops, never mind. They're back on now. <laughs> so where was I? Ah, oh, yes, your so-called Alibi. You would have us believe that you wouldn't be able to handle a simple operation with a cheese grater? Get off the floor and look me in the eye when I'm talking to you. Inspector, he's dead. Grater, just like the others. But don't you think I know that? I am a world-class inspector. It is foolish to underestimate me, which means that if you are foolish enough to underestimate my formidable brilliance... Then you must be stupid enough to think that
2: you could get away with three murders. Well, obviously it wasn't me. In fact, since I'm the only one besides yourself still alive in this room, it's apparent that the murderer is you. You'd like me to think that, wouldn't you? But
3: I will not fall for such subterfuge.
2: You're even holding a bloody cheese grater. I think
3: there's no denying it now. Such evidence is easily planted, my fine professor. You would know that, too, with your advanced training in criminology and forensics. You must have come across many crime scenes that seemed a little too convenient, huh? Really, there's no one else to lie to, and I teach horticulture. <laughs> yes, yes, of course you do. That is why you killed all of these people. You learned of their plans to plow the acreage behind the manor to build a strip mall and shopping center. So you just had to do something to stop them, even if it meant something like murder? <laughs> Cripes, oh, the lights again? Oh, i oh,
0: oh, don't stop, ow.
3: gone again. Well, I guess the area must be experiencing rolling blackouts or something. So, professor, don't just lay there bleeding. Let's get on down to the precinct. P- professor? No, oh, it seems you've conveniently opted to die rather than face the consequences of your actions. Very well, my good sir. We'll play it that way. Don't think Judge Freno won't still send you off to the gallows. <laughs>
2: Has Inspector Herring wrapped up the most challenging case of his career? Will Professor Hawthorne face the noose for the murder of three innocent people? And most importantly, will Herring be able to find a clean grater before the cheese tray begins to mold? Tune in next week for another scintillating episode of Murder for Dinner.
1: Mom, Dad, I'm home.
0: Oh, Ralphie, it's so good to see you. How was your day?
1: Fantastic. I made the honor roll again, and I've been offered a full-ride academic scholarship to Harvard. And not only that, but my dot-com startup just exploded. We're going to be worth at least $10 billion after IPO. Things couldn't be better.
0: That's terrific, son. Your mother and I couldn't be more proud of you. Between you and your brother Sam, speak of the devil, here he is. Hey, pops. Great news.
3: Great news. I made the All-American team. I scored the winning touchdown in the championship game. <laughs> and, and, I've been offered a starting running back position for the Dallas Cowboys next year.
0: Oh, we knew you could do it. You and your brother bring so much joy to our lives. Who could that be? Why, it's Susie, head cheerleader, reigning Miss Alabama, and Sam's girlfriend. Not anymore. Tell him, Sam.
3: Susie here agreed to be
0: my wife.
3: We're going to live in a big mansion, have a half dozen toe-headed kiddos, and best of all, we're buying the two of you a house so you can finally retire. Gee, that's swell.
0: Oh, I couldn't be happier with our family. Everything is coming up roses for the Binks. (sighs) Oh, hello, Jar Jar. You seem a little blue. What's
2: the matter? Me so tired. All the kids at school make a fun of me because of my long ears, my complexion, and the way I talk. I so don't have any friends. Me so girlfriend love me, I got fired from Taco Grande, and my car just caught on fire. Why so life have to be so hard? Son, you're
0: a binks. Remember the words written on our family crest. No matter what life gives you, success lies just on the other side.
2: That a seem to apply to everyone but not me. Ralphie, you so smart. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you don't know. Sam, you so athletic, look a un and you gets the beautiful women. <laughs> I'm a nothing like you.
0: Do you think it's time we told him? Told me what? Well, Jar Jar, I know this may be difficult to hear, but you're not our natural-born child. What? Yes, it's true. We found you left on our doorstep one winter morning. Pinned to you was a note. Here, let me get it. Here we are. Please, take care of usin' beloved Jar Jar. sa fear that the Empire will attack usin' village, and Weesa know he's no longer safe with usin'. You see, Jar Jar, your parents gave you up to protect you, and we took you in and made you our son. Me, sir, adopted? Yes, son, you are. But we love you
2: like our own child. Why, sir, did you not know, tell me this? All my life I live with hope I eventually grow into my looks, that I become less awkward and clumsy, that eventually I be smarter than a bag of rabbit droppings. Now you should tell me I'm never going to change?
1: Oh, it's not as bad as all that, Jar Jar. You have a lot going for you.
2: Like a what? Uh,
3: well, you, uh, you have... You're never gonna to have to buy
1: a Halloween costume, yeah.
2: That's supposed to make me feel better. You're the bastard person.
1: Easy, Jar Jar. He's just trying to help. Look, you can do plenty of things. You're you're able to dust the higher shelves, and your feet are perfect for killing insects and small rodents. Your racist way of talking has done more to spur the membership of the local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan than anything since Transformers Two. You got a lot going for you.
2: Those are all stupid things that any stupid person can do. And that's all I am. Misa's stupid.
1: You're also ugly.
2: Why? How am I supposed to continue life with the Nusa
0: hope for me? Jar Jar, you stop that talk right now. No son of mine is a failure, and we're not starting with you. That's the one thing I can do, right? Jar Jar, where'd you get that gun?
2: Misa said goodbye, cruel, cruel world. No!
0: Wait, he missed. He couldn't even do that right.
2: Mesa failure at everything. Oh, oh jar, jar. Jar.
0: Who wants to go for ice cream?
2: The Smoking Chihuahuas are Chad Fletcher, Scott Meeker, and Benji Tunnel. This week's guests are Jason Ludlum. Christina Ludlum, and Donna Tunnell. Follow us on Facebook and review us on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. If you like what you hear, listen to our sister podcast,
1: Tales of the Smoking Chihuahua.